0: Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut! Golly! Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Farmers Insurance Open. We are five wide. That's how you know just how mega it is. And joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman from San Diego. He's on the scene. Hey, Mark.
1: Hey, Rick. Uh, Listen, it's not very often that from San Diego I'm wearing a Undergarments, a long-sleeve T-shirt, a golf shirt, a hoodie, and then a down puffy coat. It is chilly. Uh, this is not San Diego right now. I don't know what this place is.
0: Cold to the core, I believe, is the way that Mark described it before we hopped on. Uh, mm. Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, good to see you.
2: It's cold here too, um, but I'm in Connecticut, so we had a little bit of snow. But you know, it's January, so that's a little more normal. So I, I don't feel for you, Mark. <laughs>
1: Thanks. Uh, we had snow around outside Big Bus. <laughs>
2: fair, fair, uh,
0: we had snow in Vegas this morning but it was gone by noon. Kyle Porter is here KP any snow sightings in your neck of the woods? No, no. I didn't no. think so. <laughs> uh,
3: I didn't know it snowed in in Jupiter West. Yeah. Once a year apparently. One okay. day. We got like uh I think a millimeter 2 weeks ago. So that was <laughs> we're good for the decade.
0: Okay, good. You guys hit your quota early. Love to hear it. And Jonathan Coachman, the coach is here. Coach, good to have you.
4: I would love to call Mark soft, but I'm only 50 miles from where he is right now, and it is cold right here. I mean, it is (laughs) keeping people up at night. You're very welcome, Mark. It's windy. It's rainy. It's nasty. And for Southern California, we're just not used to this. I can tell you that.
1: And as uh, Rick, and us, welcome to Southern California after bouncing in here because the weather was so bad. The flight, um, I was welcome to my hotel room. I'd barely gotten my suitcases in the door, and the folks from Medcore were there, ready with their little uh, nasal swab and stuff, and go, here, yeah, welcome to your COVID test in Southern Cal. Uh, You land in Hawaii, you get a lay, you land
0: somewhere at a PGA tour stop, you get the the nasal swab uh, immediately. That is your your welcome. We've got the entire country covered. Uh, Between the five of us and gentlemen, we've got news, we've got storylines, we've got best bets, we've got one and done, so let's get to it. And the big news... Biggest news, maybe, of the week is the 2022 PGA Championship has a new home. It's Southern Hills KP, which was originally on the docket for 2030. So now that year is vacant, and this is a familiar sight. Southern Hills hosted the 2007 PGA Championship. Uh, The last time we saw a PGA Championship at Southern Hills, it was won by, yeah, you guessed it, Tiger Woods.
3: Yeah. The Woody Austin Invitational back in 2007. Uh, that was, that was a fun, one. I, you know, there were plenty, and we talked about this right after the PGA of America. Uh, so they were going away from, from Trump's course in New Jersey. There are plenty of options that they, that they could go to. I, I'm excited about Southern Hills one, because it's fairly close to where I live in Dallas. It's probably four or five hours away. But also, you know, I was reading on uh, the fried egg. Uh, Andy Johnson did a really good video on kind of the redesign that Gil Hance did. I think he did it by 2016 or 17. And it's going to be, you know, the way it was described was kind of uh, the greens are a little more pinehursty in that they repel more shots. You're probably not going to see a 63 like Tiger shot uh, in 2007. Uh, And look, like I, I know a bunch of people in Tulsa, they're fired up to have a PGA championship. It's going to be really cool. I saw somebody today, I can't remember who, but they compared it to Bell Reef, you know, the, the PGA, uh, in St. Louis, which was just, the crowds were phenomenal and hopefully we're in a post COVID time that in May of 2021 or excuse me, 2022. And I think the crowds will be just as good, if not better at, at Southern Hills.
0: Seven major championships on the resume for the men, including three U.S. Opens, four PGA championships. And, Mark, it was, in fact, the first course to host the PGA championship four times. So this should be a place uh, that we are somewhat familiar with, obviously 13 years since Tiger or I guess 14 years since Tiger uh, won there in, in 2007. But this is a familiar stop
1: it is and and the players that i've spoken to about it are all as soon as you mention southern hills to them they all get a smile on their dial because it's just such a great design and then you add gil hans's mix in there who's quickly just sort of ascended up the ranks of golf architect golf course architects you know he's spin on what's a great golf course i think will just be majestic to behold and 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 as soon as I saw Southern Hills, you know, certain uh, things pop to mind for me. Um, Tiger, you know, knocking off Ernie Els there and route to the major championship, and then of course, Goose holding off Stuart Sink after missing what like a two and a half foot, maybe even two foot putt to to ice the thing in regulation. That pops to mind, and then the other major champion there is Ray Floyd. So you add those together, and they're three Hall of Famers who've won events at uh, at Southern Hills, and that is why. Everyone to a man who I've spoken to are just so jacked about this place because they know that Southern Hills is going to um, it's going to challenge every department of the game. It's going to ask you questions like, no, as with respect, certain of the other courses on the PGA rotor don't. And so it's going to ask you questions from tee through Green and on the Greens and mentally and emotionally. and and I think it'll be nice to see the place not in August, you know, when it was scorching and the temperatures were off the charts. So I think it'll play a little different too because it might be a little colder and a little firmer. And and so you're not going to see 63s, I don't think, around that place. So um, I think it's going to be a popular selection. And uh, I think once again, just like it has, it's likely to produce a, a Hall of Fame champion.
0: I'm glad you brought up the weather. Heat uh, likely, hopefully, will be less of a factor considering this event is going to be held in May, Coach. And uh, I think Mark's, Mark's dead on. This is a place that is going to test your, your entire range of golfing abilities. And we did not get a municipal course, which was my wish. It's a private course, but routinely inside the top 100 in in Golf Digest uh, you know, course rankings. This is just a phenomenal
4: stop. We knew that they would pick someplace that was quote unquote safe because they took so much hate for being at Trump and waiting such a long time to cancel it. That w- when you throw out the four or five potential venues that we saw a lot of different reporters throw out there, you, to me, it had to be a course that they've gone to before that was established that there would be nobody saying, why would you pick that to replace that? And this is a perfect compromise, and I think there's a lot of players that uh, that would still play here before, before, but for a lot of players, this will be a new venue, so I think it'll be cool to see some of the young guys play this potentially for the first time. Uh,
0: speaking of young guys, we've held a U.S. amateur here, Greg, and uh, I can't remember Your if we boy. mentioned this on Monday. Yeah, do you did we talk about who won it in, in 09? Benny On. Benny On. That's right. Te- team No Puck, Greg. Right? We can just punch him into our 2022 PGA Championship lineups right <laughs> now, can we?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think you, you've you done it. already. All
2: right. Well, as we know, and I, I think Kyle mentioned this to Mark before the show. To uh, everyone's surprise, putting doesn't it doesn't matter. So I, I, don't, I think Ben Odd's probably a great choice uh, for this PGA. But um, I, I, from what I've heard about the golf course, there's movement on almost every hole. And Gil, in his redesign, took out a, a lot of trees. There, he he really opened up some of the corridors, uh, which opens up some airflow to the golf course. So I, I think in combination with the redesign that Gil did, um, the, the move to May, which I think is great as a whole. It really opens up the country for the PGA um, in in selecting venues, uh, and certainly makes their new um, their their new home to be in Frisco, Texas, much more uh, available for a PGA Championship. But that being said, uh, I think you're going to see a golf course that plays much different the 63, that tiger shot, um, that happens in August because there's, there's just no wind, the air in Oklahoma in, in August, it's hot, it's humid. It's, uh, it, it, there there's perfect scoring conditions. Now you're going to see some greens that can get as firm as they want them to get. Um, they do have sub air in the greens. Now they can control the temperatures. So it, it should be in perfect shape. And, uh, and I always trust the job that the PGA of America does setting up a, a championship. Rick, do you know who's
3: been on beat in 2009? Oh, I don't. I wish I did. No, who was it? Another Ben.
0: Oh, ben. Uh, I always confuse. I always confuse Curtis and Martin. It's one of them, right?
3: Ben, ben Martin. Yeah.
0: Ben Martin. Okay, I, I'm always yeah. I Ben Martin in 09. Uh, Benny on Battle of the Bens. I love that. Yeah. Probably the First time it's ever yeah, how how, how,
4: would, how would it be Ben Curtis if he won the uh, open like in in <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> he had
0: the open. When he puts me on the spot, I get real nervous like that. Okay, coach, okay. I'm, I'm usually, Coach, I'm obviously the guy asking the trivia questions and I know yeah, the answers yeah, to. there we go. It's a little scary when things get flipped. So I, I give these guys a lot of slack okay. when, you know, when I put them on the spot with questions I know about it. Oh, my
4: gosh. That was uh, hilarious.
0: There is also a – I love this. There's a little nine-hole course at Southern Hills. Th- par 35 designed by Ben Crenshaw, uh, 2,969 yards. That's pretty cool. I like that. Another Ben. Another Ben. ben. It's the theme. Uh, also, gentlemen, little news about DL3. Davis Love the third is going to be the captain of the President's Cup team in 2022. It is the ninth time, Kyle, ninth time since 2010 that he has been a captain or a vice captain of a cup team. This, to me, feels fine. <laughs>
3: no, it's... it's...
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: what, what, I don't, I don't understand. Like what, what, what is, what's, what is going on here? Like what, why, why is he the captain? I mean, if the whole thing, like if you've got the, and a bunch of people were talking about this, if you've got this task force and like, well, you know, all this nonsense over the last several years, you're basically saying we want to be like Europe, you know, in terms of the writer cup. I know we're talking about the president's cup, but we want to be like Europe where we want to filter guys in, teach them the ropes then they kind of graduate to this captaincy, and you've got a perfect, you know, environment to do that as at a president's cup. And it's like it's, you're going backwards. Like, wh- why would you go backwards to have Davis Love the third be the cat? We, I get it. Like, he can do it. Like, he's done it. He was great in 2012, even though they lost. He was fine in 2016 when they when the U.S. routed the uh, Europe at Whistling or at uh, Hazeltine. But well, why not? Phil, why not? I don't know, somebody else who's going to be a future uh, Ryder Cup captain. It just seems like that's the perfect kind of breeding ground to uh, train uh, future Ryder Cup captains because you're largely keeping everything the same when you're when you're going to the Ryder Cup anyway. So I don't know. I just think it's very uninspired.
0: Uh, uninspired is the word that I think best describes this choice. Mark, we finally have a counterpart to your brother, the opposite end of, of this President's Cup. Uh, the the international squad uh, looking to uh, back up a, a great performance in Australia, now getting a chance in 2022 to come out and try to stick it to the, to
1: the American team. Yeah, well, I guess I'll be the contrarian here. Um, you know, by what you and Carl have said, I texted Davis this morning and I was like, dude, you've just made it harder for the international team because his, his, his record with the players is admirable. You know, that that Medina event you speak about, that was just, you know, uh, it was an aberration. The Europeans came back from basic disaster uh, to, to win in, in just a glorious victory. But otherwise, Davis has done everything right. And, and I think with the United States team, that, that even though the President's Cup, and I say this... Um, you know, carefully, uh, uh, sort of the, the little brother to the Ryder Cup. Um, that win that the Americans came back with down in Melbourne, in Australia, that was a pretty big deal because it was pretty one-sided at, at, at one stage and the internationals were looking pretty strong. and And so for the Americans to come back, for them to have that big Sunday... I think it was a big deal, even though they've got this huge advantage in the tournament's history. I mean, I think the internationals have won just one time. So I think Davis is a good selection. I think, um, you know, uh, I haven't talked to my brother about this just yet, but Davis is a heck of a captain. And he's going to galvanize that squad. And that American team is strong. And it's going to be – it's got a bunch of guys like it's Murderer's Row up front over there. And with Davis putting them together, which he is a master at doing, he and Zach Johnson both, they pair off people very, very well. And, and that's the bulk of this event is, is combinations. He understands these these guys. He's old enough to have some gravitas in the locker room. So why not one more go? And, and during that, under Davis's leadership, uh, let, let them breed the next captain if that's what you want to do.
0: I do want to talk about uh, Zach Johnson in just a second, and I certainly um, understand and and think that Davis Love is going to be a, a, just a fine captain coach. But to me, I'm, I'm interested to hear what the players are going to say about this. I feel like almost to a man a couple of years ago or 2019, I guess it was, uh, they were all like, oh, we're playing for Captain Tiger. Like we're out like we're we are just amped up. We're ready to run through a wall. I might be wrong, but I'm not sure DL3 <laughs> elicits that same emotion from some of these guys.
4: No, I think I don't think you're going to hear anything but uh, the PC responses that oh, yeah, we love we love Davis Love. We, you know, we're excited to play for him. all the stuff that they're supposed to say. But Kyle and even Mark just alluded to it that. Uh, at least right now, and I don't know if it'll ever be, the President's Cup is not on the same level as the Ryder Cup. So why would you put somebody that is clearly not going to be another Ryder Cup captain, at least I don't think he will be, in charge of the President's Cup when we take so much scrutiny over the fact that we can't win consistently in the Ryder Cup? So to me, leadership is bread. And I'm sure Mark is right that, that Davis Love III can help somebody learn how to lead but you only learn how to truly lead by making the decisions and doing it yourself. So I'm with Kyle that I think we're going back four years because we've got to get another guy in there to, to to brace for the next Ryder cup after, uh, after Stricker.
1: You know, Rick uh, coach brings up a good point there, but I guess I have the luxury of having talked to my brother about his experience being a uh, vice captain under Ernie else who, you know, all the internationals rallied around. He was the the international tiger esque sort of figure, and um, Trevor spoke of the value of just spending time under Ernie, watching how he dealt with the players, watching how he dealt with the media, watching how he dealt with team selection, watching how you know in the lead up to the thing how Ernie got the guys together and sort of built the brand and built the team, and because it's not just you show up and you suddenly hopefully play well over over the three or four days of competition. So. Um, Coach makes a good point, but I still think for some future captain, getting a little time around Davis Love in the locker room one more time, I think that'll be invaluable for the future, definitely. They've Uh, already had guys that have have done that,
3: though, right? Like, they've already had a handful of guys that have been a vice captain under Davis Love or under Tiger, you know, under, like, the guys that have been the captains over the last four or six years. So I just – that's the part that – I agree with what Mark said – I think being a vice captain is valuable but you've already have got, like like Zai Johnson that are apparently going to be captains in the future that have done it so why not what I mean the US is probably not going to lose at Quail Hollow you know I think Royal Melbourne's the the kind of track that they would lose on if they're going to but you're it's not like it's not like oh my gosh we got to get Davis Love in here to to win this thing it's it's you know, it's a pretty safe place to be able to train somebody to be a future captain.
2: See, I I, I think... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, Greg, I'll I'll re-tee you on this. I I loved the... I love the Ernie L's blueprint, right? I mean, you guys are coming in essentially like, yeah, what one victory ever. You're not expected to win this thing. You rally the team around a new crest. You, you, you make your pairings and you run them out there based on data. Like I thought that was a great blueprint. And you saw it almost, uh, it almost stole it away from from the Americas. They played great for the entire week. It was phenomenal stuff. Greg, to to get your thoughts on this, and I'd love to get your thoughts as well on on Zach Johnson, who I think is neurotic which is a compliment in this situation <laughs> i i think i think that is a compliment here because that is what i w- like. i want my captain to be like all in every one percent like grinding over every single decision like i'm stoked for when zach johnson becomes a captain
2: so i love zach johnson but i think you bring up a point here that we, we don't discuss this I think we need to rethink the way we do captaincy as a whole. And so I have an idea that's a little bit outside the box, but I'm interested to see if you guys think I'm completely crazy or if there's any merit to this, even though it'll probably never happen, but there's the I, conversation. I already, I already love this. What, I, don't, I don't even care what you, <laughs> you said. I'm, I'm
4: with you too. I'm with you too.
2: So we, the, the Ryder Cup initiated Because they wanted to um, get the professionals in Europe and the great not Europe, Great Britain and Ireland, and the professionals in the US to go overseas and play and kind of grow the game. It was a grow the game initiative from the PGA of America, and winning or losing didn't really become a part of it until, let's say, uh, until. Um, I would say the rest of Europe was brought into the mix to make it more of a competition. And then Europe started beating the U S and Sevi Ballesteros came along and everything starts to really fire up. And now we're at a stage where the Ryder cup's a competition and it got so big that they started a president's cup. And now the president's cup is getting more and more competitive gradually. And it's following along the, the same, a similar path of the Ryder cup. In my opinion, I think you see a couple of victories from the international team and the attitude at the president's cup changes. So now we have a competition more so than a gathering or an event yet. We are kind of rewarding players for their careers by award, by giving them the captaincy yet. They're always almost always rookies when they go in. It's rare that you have a Davis love who is a captain for a, a third time, right? It's re- most of the time the captain has been an assistant captain, but he's basically a rookie, and he gets one chance at it. And mm. there's there's turmoil that comes from this. If you if you lose, if you make a <laughs> yes. bad decision, think about Hal Sutton, right? You, I mean, Hal Sutton, it 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 almost ruined him. I'm not gonna. It didn't ruin, it, but it really hurt. And <laughs> and the the heat that he takes from that loss is is still it lives on today. So. My thought is we need to have some continuity here and we need a coach. The American team needs a coach to be the captain of the president's cup and the Ryder <laughs> cup, not just once, but more, uh, more be the, literally the coach could do it, but we need somebody in there who's going to pick players every year. They're going to have their team around them. They can bring on Zach Johnson to be an assist, uh, a vice captain or an assistant. They can rotate vice captains around. But we have a boss, a guy who does things the same way every time we find a recipe for success. And then that, in my opinion, is how we start beating the Europeans. And that's how we keep the President's Cup uh, from getting out of hand. That's how the, the Americans continue to win the President's Cup. Is this kind of like Coach K with USA Basketball? I, yeah, similar, similar idea, right? You get a, you get a figure in there that's well-respected that the players in the game like that can be neurotic. Like Rick said about Zach Johnson, right? He can put all of his focus into this team and he can brand the team for the president's cup and the Ryder cup year after year. And all of a sudden I think you get a force, but we're in this middle ground in my opinion, where you have the, the purpose is, convoluted with what you're looking for in the outcome. You're looking to get a victory, but the things that you're doing along the way are rewarding players. So you get on the team as a reward, uh, because you have and this year, I know you have six captain's picks, but in my opinion, the more captain's picks you have, the better chance you give yourself of winning. Whereas if you have 10 players, like it used to be 10 players made the team two captain's picks, you're rewarding 10 players for a year or two years that they had you're rewarding players for a great career by allowing them to be the captaincy. Then if they, if they don't perform and they lose, everybody jumps on their back when they lose. But it's like a, it it has an exhibition feel with an expectation of winning. And I don't think those two things match.
3: You know who, uh, you know who that person should be. Tell us. Justine Reed. (laughs)
0: Uh, i guarantee you'd only see pins on the left side of the
3: greens Uh, no they should have they should have uh they should have hired mark we could have had i mean the marketing for that mark against trevor you're an american citizen mark
1: yeah says my brother (laughs) yeah that's true i I don't know how (laughs) that
3: would work (laughs) Uh, in in all seriousness though tiger would be unbelievable at that role unbelievable like i think so too I know he wants to keep playing you know whatever but that would he would i think he would love it too i think he would thrive i thought he was awesome at the at mel at royal melbourne um i i i I like the idea greg uh even though that i don't think that's what's maybe that is what's happening maybe it's just going to be davis love for the next 10 years i don't think so though which is sort of why i disagree with it but if so then i don't know i'm kind of on board with that i think
1: i i I just want to add this real fast um Again, I, I'll, I'll stand by my observations about Love, and, and I feel like maybe there's a little table setting for a Phil Mickelson selection year in the very near future um, because Phil's clearly not going to make the team, and there are very few folks that Phil are gonna, is going to listen to with respect. Um, so, so why don't you get someone like a Davis Love? or, or I mean, Tiger's talking about playing when when I, read, when I watched the little intro video this morning. So Phil's the next guy. So get Phil into the team room where he will defer to Davis Love because Davis has that. And and maybe this is, you know, the the accoutrements coming uh, for a Phil Mickelson uh, captaincy in the very near future.
0: I'd be stoked for that. Uh, Mark is in a hotel room. And if okay. I know what that means, it means that the PGA Tour returns to CBS this weekend. You can watch weekend coverage on CBS, CBSSports.com, the CBS Sports app, and even on CBS All Access. Coverage starts at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on both Saturday and Sunday. I want to be quick on storylines here, gentlemen. And I think the big one lurking over this week, coach, is going to be the fact that Tory Pines is also going to host the US Open this summer. There is going to be a lot of chatter about it now. We can have plenty of discussions about how much more difficult the South course is going to play this week versus when we get to the U.S. Open and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, not every year do we get an event at a a regular event at a course and then also a major championship later.
4: I actually did a PGA Tour live at Pebble Beach a couple of years ago when they had the uh, U.S. Open there in June and all I heard about was it's going to be such a different course in June, and we had to go like 30 minutes up the hill because everything was already set up for the U.S. Open. But as far as as the venue and how they set it up, that's exactly true. Now, we know that this is a difficult golf course anyway, and they're going to do whatever they can to make it not like the U.S. Open in June, so players can't do homework. But let's be honest, you still got to have essentially the same tee boxes. You're going to have the same fairways. And I think that the players can take a lot away from hitting it straight, hitting fairways, and hitting greens. But we know that they won't use the same uh, pin placements, essentially. And they're going to make it probably a little bit longer, and they're going to make the rough a little bit higher. We know that. Uh, But I like the fact that we can see it in January, and we're going to see it again in June completely different.
0: Yeah, they might not cut the grass again before uh, before the U.S. <laughs> Open in a couple of months. It's gonna be it's gonna be devilish out there, Mark. I, speaking of the course, I think this is a, uh, I want to get your thoughts on this because we do have the two course rotation this week. We've got the South Course for three. We've got the North Course for one. Historically, the North sides. Been a bit of a cupcake, but not so much anymore. You know the redesign recently. They've got the undertow, that three-hole stretch that's going to play incredibly difficult. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on kind of the the vibes and the differences between the two now that we've seen the North redesigned.
1: Well, the vibe is surprisingly quiet, although you expect that coming into a COVID event. But the Hilton Hotel where we're staying, right on the premises. Ordinarily, this place is a fiesta. And it's so quiet right now, and so yours truly gets to sleep nicely, which is which is nice. Uh, but you talk of the North Course. I mean, Weisskopf redesign. It's not a cupcake anymore. I mean, you're going to play really well to break par. In fact, I think this. Uh, I was looking through some numbers, and the scoring average there on the North Course for one, uh, two rounds last year was about seventy and a half. So that's about one and a half under par. Incidentally, there's a trend that the winner over recent years. Is teed off the south course on Thursday. So they played the south first and the north course on the Friday. But the north course aside, this is all about the south course. And this place is a beast. I mean, I've been out there. It's pretty lush right now with the rain we've got. It is cold. like The one thing about West Coast tea times for East Coast television is you play early. And so I've been looking at some of the, uh, the low temperatures. And Thursday, uh, there's a low of 50. Friday, it's a low of 46 with 70% chance of rain. Wow. Uh, Saturday, a low of 43, but sunshiny, and Sunday, a low of 48, and sort of partly cloudy. So these mornings are going to be raw out here, and it's going to be breezy, and that breeze is coming off the sea right now, so it's colder. And then you play the south course first, or maybe on Friday when it's raining, 7,700 <laughs> yards plus. You miss the fairway. It's punitive, and it's hard to hit <laughs> these fairways. I, mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I love I'm, this place so much. <laughs> right now i'm sort of setting the table for carnage but 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 i almost get the sense right now and let's bear in mind like 18 just looks so different to me without the big stands around there um but those stands used to stop some errant balls so so who knows now where we are going to see some golf balls around this joint you know because there's not stands surrounding certain holes that that sort of defend um the players can just fire away at kind of thing so Uh, Right now, with the weather and the golf course, the way it's sitting in the south course looking lush, and it makes you hit off side hill lies, and there's these greens. I was uh, sharing the numbers earlier about the success folks had from inside 15 feet in last year. The least putts were made from 5 feet, 5 to 10, and from inside 15 feet the entire year. So it's going to be hard sledding, whether you're on the north course or the south course. It's just going to be a beast for four days straight. Sometimes the marine layer rolls in and sometimes it delays
0: don't play. Stop. do
1: you dare. And, don't, sometimes, don't you dare. <laughs>
0: and sometimes, Mark, you're there early and you're trying to kill time. And you and the wife or me and the wife, speaking literally, are six my ties deep before the first tea time because you're waiting for the fog to roll out.
1: You need to stop because that uh, marine layer typically t- turns into golf the following morning. <laughs> 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 Which is not a lot of fun at all. And I don't want a Monday finish. I don't.
0: Uh, all right. We're going to try to get you out of there Sunday evening. Uh, Greg and Kyle. I, 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 there's two names that I'd like to chat about, and we could talk about uh, the question marks with Greg. You could take it from a kind of an instructor side if you want, but Brooks Kepka, Jordan Speed, those are the big names. There's a lot of conversation about those guys having new eyeballs on their swing 2021 needs to be a pretty good year for both of them, right? I mean they they've got to stop this downward trajectory. KP, let's start with you on what this week and this season is gonna mean for both Brooks and Jordan.
3: Yeah I uh I I don't know. I mean I, you know Kepka Kepka misses the cut last week we haven't seen speeth since the masters where he barely made the cut. I just I don't I don't know what expectations are. You know, Kepka is just—I—I I, I just get kind of annoyed by it. It's like, oh, I'm healthy, no excuses. But this is just a warm up, and so is this week. And it's like, well, what what are we? What are you doing? Like, why are you? Why don't you just play four events a year? You know, like why 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 are you even playing? And yeah. it's just—it's kind of—it sounds cool when you're number one in the world. It doesn't sound cool when you're about to be number forty-seven in the world. <laughs> uh, and then with speeth. He's just, he's just lost. I, I don't know what, what's so funny, right?
0: I don't know. I just think the whole thing just cracks me up. Just the whole thing. These two guys are, uh, had the worst years last year. I just love talking about it. Like so much. about. Them.
3: Yeah. I just don't know that, that Tori is like, if it ever clicks for speed, I don't know that Tori's going to be the place where it clicks at. <laughs> Uh, Maybe like colonial, or uh, you know. by, by the way, by the
4: way, did you, did you see the only head up that William Hill even had for Speeth this week? Who was it? it? Was speed and Sam Ryder? That was the <laughs> only head up they had. I can't make it up. I, I've, got make match it up. up. I've got a speed matchup.
0: I've got a speed matchup at Mark's request. We'll get that on the other side. But yeah, it's when you're trying to find a guy to to match up of of equal talents for the yes. week, and you get the Sam Ryder, it's tough.
3: Well, it's just every time I hear, I heard him on the uh, the Colt Colt Nose show on on SiriusXM and he just gets asked about his swing. And every time he starts talking about it, my eyes just glaze over because it's, you know, seven different things and five different swing. And it's just, I know he wants to be better more than any of us want him to be better, but it just does not, nothing about what he says engenders a lot of confidence. I'm hopeful, but I'm not confident.
0: That was my takeaway. That was my takeaway, Greg, is usually when you ask these guys about their game, they're always like, oh, yeah, I'm right around the corner. I'm close, blah, blah, blah. When we talked to Ricky Fowler before the Masters last year, I did not feel a a confident vibe from him. Every time I've heard Jordan Spieth speak recently, I have not gotten a confident vibe from him. And like that to me is the, the most concerning thing because these guys are top tier golfers, best in the world. You have to be uber confident. And when you don't hear that, it's a little bit scary.
2: Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, one thing about Tiger Woods, no matter where he was in his career uh, at any point, it it didn't matter where he was back injury. He, he always spoke uh, in a positive sense. He could have just shot 76, missed the cut and, and he's taken a positive away. He finds it. It it was, it wasn't in his DNA to say I'm lost or I'm going to need 10,000 balls to get my, to work my way out of it. It just, it wasn't in his lingo. Right. And so, um, I, it, it does concern me a little bit, but at the same time, Jordan's personality is extremely realistic. And I do think there's a possibility. I think there's an Avenue where he can snap out of it. Um, is it going to be this week? You know, Kyle, I don't know when you heard that interview with, um, with he and Colt, but I, I have a, a sense before hearing any of that, um, that this actually could be a, not a terrible week for him. Um, uh, one, there's been a long layoff. He had eyes of Butch Harmon on him. And Butch, more than anything, if you've ever spoken to Butch Harmon or listened to Butch speak, he's not a, a teacher. Butch, the things that Butch works on in your golf swing are extremely simple. Well, Butch is a coach and he tells you, there you go again, another reference there coach, (laughs) Uh, but Butch is a coach and he will make sure that your, your mind is in the right place. When you go play, he simplifies things, which is why he was the perfect guy for Jordan and cam to go see perfect guy to go consult. He can, he knows when, when you need a kick in the butt, he knows when you need um, an honest assessment. He knows when he knows when you need just a little bit of encouragement. So I give that a, a chance. I give it a chance this week. Kepka on the other hand. Oh, and one other thing on, on the golf course this week, Rick, we touched on this yesterday. I, I think this is a grinder kind of a golf course. I don't think it's necessarily a tee to green ball striker, which I've always thought that you got to drive it long and straight. You got to hit great iron shots to win around here. Yet we have Brant Snedeker winning twice, Jason day uh, winning twice around here. You have, uh, Justin Rose in 2019 when he admitted he had no idea where the ball was going, and then Mark Leachman <laughs> last year. He Mark Leishman wins last year, hitting three fairways in the final round. We're all saying beforehand you got to hit fairways because the roughs so penal. So I, I think there's a grinder um, aspect to this golf course where you can you can get away with being imperfect if your short game's in good shape. So I give Jordan. I have a little bit more hope for him this week um, because of the layoff, because of Butch Harmon, than I would in a normal week. Brooks Kepka, after reading about um, about the coach change, it sounds like that happened right after Masters. So we've already seen. This isn't a first. This isn't a first week. We've just heard the news, but I don't think anything new is going to happen this week. So with Brooks, I, I I think that news is honestly this for this week. It's useless. We'll be interested to see when he comes out with who his new swing coach is, if whether it's Pete Cowan or or Fred someone. Right now. Yeah, that hasn't I can tell you firsthand that hasn't happened he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't gotten the call
0: yet. call yet no <laughs>
2: um, so we'll see what happens with that but right now that's nothing I, I think Brooks is kind of in the same place and we're gonna have to get closer to April to to see Brooks play well i I think
1: well along the Brooks Kepka lines I mean I think the writing's been on the wall for a little while because whenever you go to events he's always got Pete Cowan standing by there, and counters on hand to help with some of the short game and I've seen multiple times. When you see two coaches standing behind a guy, and Cowan always at the front seats, and, and and Claude was sort of respectfully just standing by, so Brooks could get another set of eyes. And so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the relationship because that starts to happen, Greg. As you know, you know a player just does suddenly doesn't suddenly decide that okay, that's that, and I've had enough, and I need to change uh, my my direction. There's thought that goes into this stuff, and I think for a while, Brooks and Claude. Whereas they still are fierce friends, and Claude's helped him, helped him to a lot of success, I think the split happened. Uh, the, the 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 rift began to widen a long ways back, and and then it came to a halt, uh, a hilt at the Masters.
2: And I do see where Kyle, where you get a little uh, uh, frustrated and annoyed because he did say last year um, when he went to see Butch, he said, "Claude's my coach. Claude's going to be my coach." I think he said indefinitely. I couldn't find the quote today um but he he said claude's my coach going forward indefinitely and here we are just a couple months later and, and they've split he
1: yeah, just, just says,
3: un- he just says stuff like he doesn't even <laughs> he he just says like random stuff all the time
1: yeah, but you also don't as the leader of the the pack sort of show the the fissures and the weaknesses in the group. You know, you have got to show a consolidated front. So you're not suddenly going to get up there in the press conference, and go, "Yeah, I saw butcher uh, Claw on the rocks," and then give the the, the media yeah. photo. a photo. He's point. not he's not that ignorant. So he's he's going to show, you know, okay, the front is good. I'm confident. I believe in what I'm doing, uh, but behind the scenes, who knows what's going on.
0: Well, gentlemen, it's a new year for Brooks Kepka, and it also marks a fresh start for your small business. No? Good segue? No? Okay. Whether you're shifting business hours or hiring more remote employees, one thing that remains unchanged is the importance of having the right people on your team. When your business is ready to make the next hire, LinkedIn Jobs can help by matching your role with qualified candidates so that you can find the right person quickly and to lend a helping hand. Your first job post is free. What I like about LinkedIn Jobs is it learns more about you every time you apply, every time you pass on one, learns more about what you're looking for. And LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 722 million members worldwide. Getting started is easier than ever with new features to help you find qualified candidates quickly. Post a job with targeted screening questions and LinkedIn will quickly get your role in front of more qualified candidates, manage job posts, and contact candidates. It's from a single view on the familiar linkedin.com as functions are streamlined into one simple screen. And now you can do all of this from your mobile device no matter where the day takes you. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster when your business is ready to make that next hire find the right person with LinkedIn jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash first. Again, that's linkedin.com slash first to post a job for free. And of course, terms and conditions do apply. Gentlemen, we've got to go through our super contest. We got to get into our one and done, our picks for the week. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where Super Feet comes into play these super feet insoles go into your shoes give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body not just your feet insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue reduce injury and improve comfort i It's time for the Super Contest. We are killing our best bets, and I'm going to pull up everybody's betting card for the week, and we're going to start with you, Coach. We're going to your betting card first, and I am going to see a couple of nationality bets. I see a top 20. I see a miss miss the cut bet. This is a, a diversified card that I'm looking at. Talk me through it.
4: I'm channeling my inner Greg, Kyle, and Mark. I'm just putting everybody <laughs> together, and this is what I came up with. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm jumping all over Hideki this week. So I got him as my top Asian player, and I looked it up. Uh, he has to be guys like Sunjay, Siwoo Kim, and my favorite name on the PGA uh, Tour, Xinjun Zhang. Xinjun Zhang. Love saying that name. Uh, but then you look at Harris English, and getting plus money for a top 20 bet, to me, that's that's pretty safe the way he's been playing. Bubba hasn't shown up anywhere. So I don't believe that he's going to have his A game. And this is not a place you come without your A game. And then you look at the European players. And all i got to beat is Rory, Victor Hovland, Francesco Sabatini. You give me John Robb, plus money, I'll take it. And then, of course, we love the double chance. I had to mm-hmm. throw a little $5, a little sprinkle on the double chance. And then my best bet, I told you, I'm all in with decky. Patrick Reed missed the cut last week. He pulled out the week before. I just don't think uh, he's prepared to play. So I'll make that my best bet. Uh, this week. I feel great about every single one of these picks.
0: Yeah, so that is Coach uh, really backing Hideki. Top Asian, he's in his double chance. He's got him up against Patrick Reed. Hideki Matsuyama, I have imagined, Coach, we're going to hear that name from you later as well. Boom. Let's, Boom. <laughs> let's go to Kyle's betting card. And Producer Jacob might need two screens for this, so I'm going to give him a second to get this all all locked and loaded on here and kyle what i like about your card it is not only a little bit of everything but you do uh you always bring us a little bit to to what's going on in the european tour
3: yeah i feel terrible about all these i'm like coach uh i just i I feel atrocious uh about every single one of these um i don't know what do we want to talk about female i love this week female was he, I mean he was great last week. He put he's honestly like his record here. I think he's five straight top twenties at Tory. Uh three of those were top sixes. So I've got him all over the place. I've got him to win. I've got him top ten. I've got him over Rom and Xander. Rom and Xander, Xander plays terrible here, and Rom is healthy, maybe. I, I just I, you know, for at plus two fifty for Fino, that seemed uh that seemed like a good number. And then Gary uh, Wood. Yeah, Gary yeah. Woodland played well last week for the first time in a while, you know. And I, I think I didn't realize how debilitating his injury had been. He talked about it. I think after, or maybe during American Express last week, he drove the ball really well, and obviously he's played great at Torrey as well. So um, yeah, I've got. I mean, obviously I've got a b- bunch of guys that are awesome off the tee. I'm. Don't feel great about that because of the point that Greg and Mart just made about this being kind of a scrambler's course, which you don't think about it like that. But then you start thinking about the guys have won and you're like, oh, yeah, that that's actually true. So uh, I got a bunch of great drivers uh, in my betting card.
0: Yeah, the Woodland injury. Then I think he tried to play through it, and the I mean, it was just it was ugly. Looking like he's uh, back and healthy, which is good to see. We're gonna click over to my betting card here because I also like Gary Woodland. I opted to sprinkle in a Gary Woodland to win bet, five dollars at seventy to one. And for me, if Gary Woodland is back right? This should be a really good spot for him. And this number uh, is not going to stay when he starts contending again. And then uh, Greg, some of the guys that that we've talked about on the Monday show pop up on my card. Obviously uh, Billy Horschel not a name that I normally like, you know that Greg, but uh, you, yep. you're, you're going to invest in some short game guys, Billy Horschel, that putter can get hot in a moment's notice. He's played well at Torrey Pine. So I'm channeling my inner Greg Ducharme, trying to find some of these scramblers for this week.
2: I think it's a good move, Rick. Thank you. I appreciate You'll that. You'll see it's on really- my card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: let's go. My, my best friend hey, is Kramer Whoa,
3: whoa. Why Kramer Hickok? Yeah, I was going to ask about that.
0: Here's the thing about Kramer Hickok. Uh, Low-key having a really good stretch of golf right now. I think he was eighth at Mayakoba. The last two weeks, he was 21st and 19th. Last week, he was first in strokes gained off the tee. The Sony, two weeks ago, he was fifth off the tee. So you're telling two straight events. He's been in the top five off the tee. This is a place that I much prefer you play out of the fairway. Hickok top 20 at 7-1. to one. That's my that's my best bet.
3: I think I was the only one I won last week was, was having him in the top 20. So I love it. Love it. Greg Ducharme. Let's pull up his card. I thought I saw some short game
0: specialists on your card as well. Greg, uh, it is. I'm trying to find it here. Here we go. Yes. I see. I thought I saw Mackenzie Hughes. There he is. Mackenzie Hughes fits that mold for me. Jason days on here. Jordan Spieth on here. What do you, what do you like most?
2: Uh, yeah, so Jordan Speed, I'll start with Jordan Speed because I know that's one everybody you know, you say, Wow, I can't believe it! And again, I hit on this a little earlier, so I got a Jordan Spieth top 20 finish. Um, 10, uh, I, I'm putting 10 on it. I'm just going to give it a try. This is the week where I I think you can be early on Jordan this week because you haven't seen him. There's been a layoff. We know he he was working with Butch a little bit. I'm going to see if he's got things ironed out, and I'm going to see if that short game can save him. Um, Then you go back to the top of my betting card. I like Mackenzie Hughes as the top Canadian. Um, I I think this guy is a a new player this year. I think you're going to see him really start to – um, start to perform well. And I think this is the kind of golf course he can do well. at. You think about some of his finishes last year on really difficult setups, like, uh, like the Honda classic, like the BMW championship events like that. I think this could be another one of those. Um, and just like coach, I am in on Hideki. I think he's going to have a great week. Uh, I'm, I am worried about the putting with him, but he has a great short game. It really is a, a wonderful short game, especially on courses like, uh, like, um, like uh, Muirfield village um, like this one where you have some rough, his short game can shine. So I like him as top Asian. Um, I like Tony Fino. I just think he's playing too well. I'm going to take a chance and say, he's going to get uh, a top five finish this week. Um, I'm going to put 10 on that to win 45. I like Jason Day, another scrambler, as the top Aussie. I also like yeah. Jason Day to win um, at at plus thirty five hundred. So I think that's a great one. And I got a crazy, a cra- I got two, a couple of crazy ones here. I got a little Francesco Molinari action here. I put five dollars on him to be top Euro. Um, and that's just, he has a great week. He pops, he beats Rory he beats Rom. It does. It, it doesn't make any sense. I put five on it to win 90. I sprinkled that in there, uh, just to see what happens. But I really like the Molinari top 20 finish, which is uh, 10 to win 32. I think, I think that's high quality. And I doubled down on Mackenzie Hughes again with him, uh, with a top 20 finish as well.
0: Whew, there it is. Yeah, there's
2: a lot. There's a lot there. Look, not I missed there. the last 2 weeks, so I'm trying not, to get trying to get a number of bets in there.
0: Greg, know when to lay up my friend. That is what I learned from. PGA <laughs> uh, I like this. I might, I might parlay those top twenties speed Molinari Hughes. I'll probably get like a million to one on that. I love it. Uh, Mark, <laughs> we're going to round this out with your betting card, but before we get into that, you asked me before we went hot, if I could find a line for mm-hmm. Jordan Spieth versus Brooks Kepka. So this doesn't exist because as coach mentioned, the, the line that we got for, or the matchup that we got for Jordan Speeth this week was against Sam rider but uh there has been a lot of work done by data golf by joe pita that we can essentially come up with a line for this so if this was available i would expect and and the data scientists out there in the golf world would expect brooks kepka to be minus 214 up against yeah. jordan Smith, which is by all head-to-head matchup accounts a huge number
1: wow e- yeah goodness gracious, smith yeah I'd text Spieth as well and that one yep. over there and 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 I want to build on what Greg said I was looking through some data uh, while I was waiting for my covid results and preparing for the broadcast and and as is- Punitive is what this rough is. The The golf course tilts. Both golf courses tilt down towards the Pacific Ocean. So there's a drainage that goes in certain directions. And so there's certain sides that are a little bit more damaging than others. So that, that's where that driving accuracy number is sometimes skewed, where like on the, the, the 11th hole for argument six, if you miss up the left, it's a little less damaging than if you miss down the right-hand side. And last year, I think uh, only about 50% of the field drove the thing in the fairway. So everyone's kind of playing out of the rough. I feel like it's a second shot golf course if you can get the ball on some into, onto some of these small greens. But scrambling around you, because par is a golden number, um, is a really big deal. So, So with that being said... I do feel like, you know, Spieth, you can sort of scrap the thing around here a little bit. The weather's supposed to be a little ugly, so that's going to, you know, show some folks up a little bit if you gust a few balls and stuff like that. So right now, to me, all bets are off, which is why it's kind of hard to handicap this thing. And then you add to that just the way these greens are. And the greens are immaculate, I've got to tell you. But once you've had a full field on them and you get a, a few bumpy ones late afternoon, some of those three, four, five footers are downright hair raising. I mean, you, you, you're spending time over a one and a half, two footer at times because the greens get trampled and stuff. Now, granted, players can fix that stuff. But, you know, all you've got to do is just hit one little bud of poania and that ball can dart off fly very, very quickly.
0: Uh, let's pull up your betting card here, Mark, and you're never going to get any uh, objections from me with a Sung J.M. to win any group. You've got your playoff here, which that, hey, playoffs not <laughs> get you out of here early, Mark. This is like a life hedge. If you have to work late, you at least want to get three to one on it, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, I've got a hit on this thing at least one time. I've bet this the last few times and and come up just a shot shy. So I'm I'm sort of hoping for that we don't have a playoff. But for our bets, I certainly do because uh, 22 and 60 is a good deal. And and my betting card is a bit boring compared to the other guys. And I think as I learn more, I'll get a little bit more rambunctious about the thing. Um, but I'm going to counter uh, Rick. And if I didn't feel so uh, – pardon me, um, Greg. And if I didn't feel so sorry for him, I'd ask for another bottle of wine on this, but I think Adam Hadwin is a really good pick around here. He puts these greens great. He plays California well and at plus three hundred. I just think that's a dynamite bet. Um and Sanjay M. I can't recall who's in group B, but when you're getting Sunjay at plus six hundred, surely you're gonna have a flutter, don't you? I mean, so 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 that one I jumped on. Um Leishman, the game is going in the right direction. He hooked up with his old coach uh, late last year. Started to work on the game, work on shaping shots a little more. And he's come to a place here where he, you know, all these Aussies around here play well because of the eucalyptus trees and the maritime climates. And so I feel like Leishman is the top uh, uh, Australian, is a pretty handy bet. He's just got to get past Cam Smith, who's playing really, really well right now. And then uh, mixed in Leishman again there in the Jason Day, Bubba Watson group. And the reason why I picked that, because in a previous podcast, we had forecast major championships, and I had said that Jason Day would be my pick here for the U.S. Open. Well, it's cold now; he hasn't played a while. In a while, um, the last time I caught up with him, the, he said the back was good, but in weather like this, if you're nursing some nagging or niggling injury, I think it's going to sort of. Um, Allow that to 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 proliferate a little bit. So I'm unsure about Jason Day this week, and I'm not so sure about Bubba either. So I'm going with uh, Mark Leishman to win that group.
0: That Sung group is Matthew Wolf, Jason Day, Hideki, Patrick Reed, Harris English. Sung has the longest odds in that group. Yeah, I cannot recall the time. Crazy. I can't recall recall a time that he has ever had the longest odds in a group of six. Okay, gentlemen, we're moving on to one and done. Uh, Mark is still in the lead, so we're going to start at the bottom and work our way up here. Coach, uh, you have essentially almost everybody at your disposal for this week. I think you've kind of foreshadowed who you really like for the Farmers Insurance Open, who you lean in for this week's one and done.
4: I learned my lesson last week that if I'm going to be confident enough in picking somebody to win an event, I've got to be confident enough to pick him as my one and done. It just makes sense. So, or otherwise, why would I pick these guys to win? So I'm picking Hideki to win, so I'm going to go Hideki with my with my one and done. I almost got in my own head and selected, you know, like I did last week, Sepp Straka, so I, I'm not going to use Sep at one of the big events, and it bit me, and I'm not going to bite myself anymore. I'm going to go with the guy that I feel, and this week Hideki, I think he's going to win, so he's my one and done.
0: KP with two point one million, you're up next, and you need to break a little bit of a streak here. You've made thirty four thousand dollars over the last three weeks combined, uh, so I, I need you to find a good number here. Find me somebody. Who is it, KP?
3: Tony Fino. Oh boy. I guess yeah. I guess T seven
0: like money. A great plenty, pick, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I, I floated a uh, I floated a tony theory and i got just eviscerated
1: <laughs>
3: that's a good word, I, nice uh, word I i i floated that tony actually needs to become more inconsistent i actually floated this on sunday on our podcast and then i put it on twitter and that was a bad idea but I think t- I think Tony will be in the mix on Saturday. I just think he to to start and maybe I don't want him to do it this week cuz he's going to be my one and done, but he needs to be more inconsistent on Sunday to create a wider dispersion of scores. Everything he shoots on Sunday is 69, 69, 70, 70, which is great for top 10s, right? It's great for finishing T6. It's, it's going to do be good this week. Do I said it's going to be good this week. Well, <laughs> Yeah, but traditionally it has not been for him. He's just he doesn't. He, you look at guys that win a lot, and their, their scoring dispersion is very wide. A Rory at JT, their good scores are great. Their bad scores are awful. Antonis are just right in the middle, and it doesn't it doesn't ever result in wins. So maybe I don't want him to do that to do that this week. Uh, but overall, uh, I think that's sort of his uh, path to to getting that second win on the PGA tour.
0: Tony is very polarizing on Twitter, uh, which you found out uh, as we're looking at your, (laughs) as we're looking at your tweets on, 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 uh, on the stream right now. Uh, I am next. So I have 2.5 million. I found this to be a very difficult week to figure it out. I think there's a lot of question marks at the top with, with Fina, with Xander, uh, with Rory playing Jekyll and Hyde every single week. Rom, I just, I didn't know what to do. So I'm probably just going to go with Ryan Palmer, a guy who's played great around here. Um, I don't know if we're the only, other place i'd want to use ryan palmer is if if is if producer jacob has us do zurich and he's rom's partner and i only Mm. have to pick palmer that's the only other place i'd use him so i don't know what the rules of our one and done is but that's i'm probably just gonna roll ryan palmer out there Uh, i like
3: him i like him this week i think that's good me too
4: i do too i yeah i do too he he was my sleeper i had him as my sleeper this week
0: Is that a good record around here? Greg, you are trying to make up ground on Mark. You're $700,000 behind. You are coming off of picks that include. Matthew Wolf and Abraham answer. So you're in the, you're in the midst of a little, little, little stretch right now. You got to make up some ground. Oh, yeah. Where do you think you're going this week?
2: This is a, an, an ugly stretch. It, it's not been great for me so far. I'm trying to catch Mark. I'm scrapping and clawing. I just can't get enough ground made up. And then I see Mark writes down uh, for his one and Dunley in, in the, uh, in, in the rundown, he writes down some Aussie and here I am. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to pick my guy. Who's Jason day this week, Jason day in the first event he's played of the calendar year, his, um, his average position is, and, and traditionally it's been either this or the century tournament of champions or, or whatever the sponsor was at the time. It's been one of those two events and his average finishing position is, uh, is 8.25. So, um, and that's over the last, uh, I think I did 13, I think I did 13 years over the last 13 years. So he, he tends to get off to a great start tends to play really well on the West coast. Uh, and I was thinking it's either this week or AT&T Pebble beach pro-am, but I'm going to go with Jason day this week, get myself out of that slump.
0: Jason day. He could be some Aussie Mark. You've got $700,000 clear at the top. As we were kind of chatting earlier, there's a lot of Aussies who you could roll out this week. Are you just going to stymie Greg and, and roll with Jason? or Are you going to go a different way?
1: Well, first off, I must uh, apologize for my FaceTime ringing there. Uh, the folks in the East Coast don't <laughs> <laughs> realize that we're a few hours behind you. Um, no, the, I'm probably going to go with Jason Day now just to kind of scupper uh, Greg's momentum because until he pays his bet, I'm going to have to play a little ugly, you know.
2: Oh, the Marine layer. Jason Day's oh, back. Yeah. you got to be worried about all that,
1: right? <laughs> no, all, all jokes aside, I, you know, as I look through the list of Australians, they typically play very well here. And... and and I can I, I don't know if Scott Stallings is in the field, but as a as a laugh, I would have wanted to pick him for uh, Kyle Porter and do pretty well with that bet because he always plays well around here. Um, but I like Leishman right now. I haven't used him. Cam Smith is really attractive. I haven't used him. Jason Day, I haven't used him. Who knows? Adam Scott, he plays nicely anywhere, but I might sort of holster him a little bit for down the track. So I'll, I'll, I'll typically... Uh, right now, I'm I'm probably leaning towards Cam Smith, but but it's undecided right now, so it'll be a game time decision. And we will find out Wednesday
0: evening in the group chats who Mark ends up going with. Uh, I'm way over time, so that'll do. it. For the mega preview pod for this week's Farmers Insurance Open. Producer Jacob, thank you for letting me go this long. Greg Ducharm, you can find on Twitter at The Real GFD, the coach who you can find on Twitter at the Coach Rules, Mark Immelman on site at Mark underscore Immelman. We'll see you out there. KP, Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.